You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Animal Party is brought to you by 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. 1-800-PET-MEDS is your best source for pet medications, vitamins, supplements, and pet supplies. Get great savings, fast service, and free shipping. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash party, P-A-R-T-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. Hello! This is Deborah Wolf with Animal Party. Welcome to the party. Party hardy, everybody. We're here on Pet Life Radio. Our guest today is Dusty Rainbow, author of Cat Wrangling Made Easy, my favorite cat book, because it taught me three things I never knew about cats. And it's hard to do that when you spent a lifetime training animals to come up with three new things that you didn't know. That's pretty amazing. Plus, a ton of stuff that maybe I knew but didn't know I knew. Stuff that makes me understand cats so much better and how to train them better and how to get them to behave better. But that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about pet ghosts because she's also the author of Ghost Cats. And today we'll be talking about dog, ghost, cat, ghosts, ghosts of horses, all kinds of Halloween-related ghostly topics to do with animals and pets. You probably didn't know there's a hotel you can stay at, a library you can visit, places that are known to have pet ghosts. If you want to take a walk on the spooky side. So welcome to the show, Dusty. Well, thank you for having me, Deborah. I'm glad to be here. Happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween. Do people send you ghost stories all the time because of your ghost book? They do. It's so much fun. I I get a a big (laughs) kick out of reading the, the stories. So if anybody out there has one, by all means, Please send it to me. I do get dog and cat, and I've got some wonderful horse stories that are very, very touching. And uh, uh, let's see, I think there were even a couple of people that sent me some mouse ghost stories. So, pardon me? Mouse? Mouse. Yeah, rodent. <laughs> oh, okay. I wonder how rodents think. Interesting. I wonder why they would come back. Because, you know, we kind of think about ghosts as being people. But Mm -hmm. um, some studies show, some surveys show that people report seeing animal ghosts as often. They may be as common as human ghosts. And I don't know why there would be any different. I mean, either there are no ghosts or there are ghosts. Why would there be only human? That doesn't make sense to me. So I'm not sure where I stand on it, but I do think I may have. See, I'm such a skeptic. I even doubt myself. I even doubt my own son. But I do think we have seen animal ghosts here. I do think so on several occasions, and I've talked about that before. So if people are interested in the show, they might want to go back on Pet Life Radio to an earlier episode we did on another Halloween where we talked about ghost pets too because we're going to talk about slightly different take on it, but the two shows go well together because it's all about pet ghosts. And... um so, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I fully believe. I'm not sure what I saw. But um, your book talks about how they can be sensed and felt and seen and heard and smelled and all kinds of senses we might not associate with ghosts. So what do you think people might be surprised by in your book and the stories you're reporting on? Well, I will tell you what surprised me. When I was okay. doing research about, uh, for the book, I put out a, a you know call to all kinds of lists and you know please email me if you've had a cat ghost and I was surprised at how many people responded. 
people who wouldn't ordinarily believe in this type of thing. And uh, it seems to me that the animal ghosts are actually more common than human ghosts. And uh, especially with the cat ghosts, I was surprised that people are not afraid of the cat ghosts. Now, some of the dog ghosts are kind of, uh, the black dogs are supposed to be uh, bad omens in some parts of the world. And dogs in life are a little bit more threatening. I mean, you know, ordinarily you can't be killed by a cat. I mean, they can, they can hurt you, but they can't, cats can't generally kill you. But, you know, dogs can be big and intimidating. So what I have found is people who have cat ghosts are perfectly fine and not afraid of them. And the dog ghosts, it depends on the ghost. I mean, if it's their dog, then they're fine with it. But if it's a, a big dog that they see in a cemetery, then they are quite intimidated. Well, that's it's, kind of interesting. You, you raised something there, if it's their dog. So, okay, <laughs> so somebody else's dog might come back as a ghost to me. Now, now that makes sense to me here because I love dogs, trained dogs. There's dogs who feel really indebted to me, you know, for getting them off the shock collar or whatever. But what about normal person? Normal person doesn't even like dogs. They might have a dog ghost in their house. Is that possible? Well, what I have found is I, I really haven't gotten too many stories from people who have moved into homes and found dog ghosts. However, okay. the interesting thing is people do move into houses with cat ghosts, which, of course, make sense because cats are territorial they they often attach to a ter you know their territory mm -hmm. whereas mm -hmm. dogs tend to attach more to people and uh, yeah and so, wolves move they are territorial but it's a larger roving range and it's a movable range and it's if the right. people move the dog moves with the people the cat might want to stay behind so i understand exactly. that no that doesn't mean if you're in a family situation and you move you should leave your cat you really shouldn't you should take your cat absolutely not. we'll get used to the new territory <laughs> but if you if you were to die you know, would it be better for it to go with the new family moving into that place or a different family somewhere else? Probably stay in the same place. To the dog, it probably wouldn't make a difference. It would be who walks him more. That, well, you know, you know with, with the cat, it's who's going to love him more. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think okay. that territory is really that critical to, I mean, uh, cats, cats adapt. But cats do love their little home. So mm -hmm. I, I think that that's why uh, they tend to be with with a home or a, a vicinity more than a dog does. Okay. And, you know, as a ghost. Now, the most common one I read about in your book, the most common cat ghost sighting, seemed to be the feeling like the cat's sitting on the end of the bed when it's not there and you look and the blankets are dented or there's a feeling of warmth because it's like a warm body but there isn't a body or the sound of the collar but there isn't anybody there. Is that still the most common, that sort of sensation? Well, with the cats, uh, I, the most common stories I found were the, the bed stories where the cat jumps on the bed and you, uh, and I even experienced that myself. That was my epiphany. And, uh, prior to that single experience, I'd mm -hmm. never, uh, I wasn't interested in ghosts. I didn't believe in ghosts. You know, they, they were just figments of people's imagination. But, um, with dogs, uh, it's most common. Uh, the, the most common incident that I've heard about are the jingling of the the tags and also the uh, clicking of the toenails. 
Now, see, in several occasions, right after my dog, Mike, my wolf cross was put down when he couldn't even move anymore. Several occasions after that, I thought I heard him in the back, right behind my ear where he used to sit. I had a doggy van with a bench seat built into the area where the dogs were, and he would lie. So he was like literally leaning against the back of my head on this barrier, blocking the dog, you know, sort of between them and me in their area, but between them and me, the the ruler of the roost there. And um, I kept hearing him there, even when the car was empty. But I didn't think anything of it. This is years before I ever read your book. And then uh, um, years later, I heard drinking, the sound of drinking when there was mm-hmm. no dog. And I thought, well, who's drinking? And I go in and there's nobody drinking. There's no, no bowl of water even to drink from. And that was strange. Like, I guess physical laws don't apply, really? Like, you could hear it, but there's no bowl? Well, uh, you know, there are a couple of uh, thoughts. And, you know, I... People say they're experts on this. I don't claim to be an expert. I've done a lot of research. But I, I can't say for sure that, that there is a rule. But uh, there is something called residual energy. And this is a, a pattern of energy that occurs over and over and over and over again, like uh, the dog drinking from the bowl. Mm-hmm. So the the theory is either that or when there is something catastrophic and sudden that occurs uh, in, in humans, it's often a murder or a terrible violent accident. Supposedly, uh, either the violence or the repetitive motion causes a residual effect, much like a DVD. And so you have this action that has occurred and continues to happen but there's no intelligence to it. Now, sometimes there is an intelligence to it, and that's, that's an intelligent haunting. You know, so, you okay, an intelligent haunting, that's like when they come say goodbye? Those yeah, stories in your book? The okay. intelligent haunting is when the, it's actually responding to something. You know, uh, you throw the ball or you put catnip down, and there's suddenly uh, something that indicates that there's a, a creature there or a ghost there. Um, there's no intelligence with the residual. It's just like playing the videotape. Oh, it's just like an image. Yeah, hmm. it's, uh, there's nobody there, but it's just you're just playing back an event. There seem to be a lot of goodbye stories in the book where pets come back and say they're okay or there's some sort of goodbye. And I mm-hmm. had a goodbye story, two of them weren't my dogs. Somehow, when I called the next day and called the owners, it, they had indeed passed, you know, right? And I had no way of knowing. But, um, like, what's going on with all these goodbye stories? And if people haven't had it, is there any way they can, you know, say they, they miss their pet and they want to make sure they're okay and they want to say goodbye? Is, is there any way they can make it happen? They can't, can Well, they? you know, I have, uh, I had my goodbye story where the, the cat, uh, my best friend had had to put her to put him to sleep when uh, I was out of town and a month later I had the actual event occur where I felt him jump on the bed and and the pressure of him on my feet and Mm -hmm. uh, you know I would give anything to have some of my other cats return and just tell me bye I haven't been able to make it happen now uh, you know maybe somebody could contact a, a, a pet communicator and maybe they can facilitate uh, you know, a, a meeting of the mind, so to speak. My but, blue healer, when she died a little while later, my son came running in one morning and said he saw her under the bed. He wasn't alarmed. He was just running in in the morning, and he reported it like, what's Squeak doing under the bed? 
And we all thought he was just making up stories. But shortly after that, I was doing a show with you, and I mentioned it to you. And, you know, I said the weird thing was he said, he said her head wasn't there. He just saw her bum and her tail and her midsection. But her head wasn't there. Her head was where the bed would be. But our bed isn't high enough that when she was alive, she, didn't, she slept beside the bed on the floor. She didn't sleep with her head under it, you know. So it seemed kind of odd that her whole half of her torso could be just missing. And you sort of explained that to me as, you know, that, her head could have been in the room next door or the floor or not there at all. And that kind of freaked me out. But in your book, there's lots of stories like that. Just heads, no heads. What's up with that? You know, I'd love to tell you. I, I don't know. All I can think of is that, you know, part of their body is in this plane and part of their body is in another plane. And they may not know that they're between between planes or between areas or, or whatever. And like you said, you know, people, uh, he looked under the bed, he saw that her head wasn't there, but her head may have been in the mattress. <laughs> She's not, mm-hmm. she doesn't have the same spatial restraints that we have. She mm-hmm. can move between walls and up and down. So, you know. Um, you know, I want to see this dog so badly. I want to say goodbye. I want to see her. I want all this stuff. And she shows up for my son. <laughs> and it freaked him out, really, in retrospect, later, when he realized that she died and she was back. It wasn't so easy for him to deal with. But now, how uh, old he, was he? I think he was seven or six at the time. He's, eight, he's turning eight now. Yeah, he was six. Six, well, that, just after she that, died. That's really not that unexpected because children are so much more uh, receptive to that. You know, you, you hear kids all the time talk about their imaginary friend. Well, uh, you know, and, and people just go, oh, no big deal. But, uh, you know, the theory is now that uh, imaginary friends are actually spirits or ghosts. And, you know, some of them are probably good and some of them, you know, it's like any friend. What do you know about this guy? You know, what do mm-hmm. you know about this lady? But these ghosts are our pets, right? We know yes. that. Yes, yes. So, uh, you know, just tell him that she came to say goodbye and... and uh, it's actually a good thing. No, yeah, he's so okay with it now. Now he feels privileged that he's the only one that got to see her. But uh, I want to ask you, can you share with our listeners so they'll get the idea of why they should pick up the book? Can you share with them one or two stories you really like from the book of ghost pets? Okay, let's see. And you want me to tell some that, that I didn't talk about last time because my favorite one is the uh, hotel that has the phantom litter box. <laughs> oh, let's do that one because oh. we'll do that one. We'll go to break and then we'll come back because that okay. one is a little bit peculiar. And there is a listing at the back of your book, places people can go to experience pet ghosts themselves. So if this mm-hmm. is the kind of travel idea you like, then this is the book to get. Okay, <laughs> let's go for it. Yes, and if anybody out there has any stories of an, any animal ghosts from a hotel or a, a public place, I really would like to hear about them. So um, anyway, this is the Ivy Inn, and uh, it's it's a really cool little hotel in uh, Castro, Wyoming. I'm sorry, it's the Ivy House Inn, and it's a bed and breakfast. The couple who bought the place bought it from the estate of a cat lady. I mean, not a crazy cat lady, but she had about eight or nine cats. And these, after they moved in, they started seeing, the husband was jumping on the wife. Well, you, you let the uh, Persian in the, the house. And the wife's going, no, he's in our part. The hotel itself was a pet-free zone. And so they were 
given each other a hard time because they had been careless with their own personal cats, except when they started really comparing notes, it turned out it was a Siamese. It wasn't their their kitty. And so that was the first indication that there was something amiss. Then mm-hmm. after that, uh, the wife felt a cat rubbing up against her leg while she was gardening in the, in the yard. And her son has seen shadows of cats in uh, in the curtains, among the curtains in the windows, and they've taken pictures of orbs. But the, the high point of visiting the Ivy House uh, bed and breakfast is there beside the stairs, occasionally, if you walk by at just the right or perhaps wrong moment, you smell the aroma of a freshly used litter box. <laughs> oh, how awful. It's not even your cat. That's it's just not weird. even your cat. And the worst thing is, you know, if it's your cat, then you just take a scoop and cover it up and it's all over with. But there is no ectoplasmic scoop. So they just have to wait a couple of minutes till the the (laughs) fragrance dissipates. And, uh, you know, like any litter box, it will take care of itself. But, you know, it's just a funny thing. Okay, everybody, we're going to go to commercials. We'll be back in a minute. Come back to the party because we're going to be talking to Dusty Raybould and we're going to find out more about dog ghosts, horse ghosts, all kinds of ghosts on this Halloween. Don't go anywhere because the best is yet to come. Stick around. Animal Party is brought to you by Petco.com. Petco is a leading specialty retailer of premium pet food supplies and services, offering more than 10,000 high-quality pet-related products. Enter the code PARTY10, P-A-R-T-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. How many pets is too many? You know somebody whose life is overwhelmed by their animals? Maybe we can help. We're looking for people to be in a new TV series about really large animal families. We can offer expert help, free resources, and the chance to tell their story. If you or someone you know owns a house full of animals, call us toll-free at 1-877-MY-8PETS. That's 1-877-MY-8PETS. There's a movement afoot. Shoebuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code ANIMAL, A-N-I-M-A-L, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Doc. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com You're, 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 
inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. We're back at Animal Party with Deborah Wolf, your host. And with me today is Dusty Rainbow. Hello, Dusty. Hello, Dusty. <laughs> it's great to have you here. So we're talking about ghosts. And I know people, some people aren't as into cats as you are. Miss Cat Writers Association coming up. You want to tell us about the conference and then we'll go off cats. And I'll ask you about horse, ghosts, and dog ghosts. So you cat people, listen up. Here's some more cat stuff. Yes, uh, the, the Cat Writers Association is having their annual conference in November 2010. And it's going to be in Westchester, New York, which is just uh, about a 20-minute uh, train ride from New York City. And we are having a wonderful lineup of uh, speakers. So, you know, go to... Um, the catwriters.org online, or uh, if, if there's a problem with the website, then you can go to uh, the Catwriters page on Facebook, and it should have all our information there. Well, if people come, what are they going to get out of it? Well, this year we have a theme called uh, Writers Prom- Give Yourself a Promotion. And, uh, oh, and how to you- work. Nice. Yes. Okay. And, and, you know, right now uh, there are so many... Uh, possibilities as far as writing goes. You know, there are the magazines, and then there's there's broadcast. We include broadcasters and, and artists in there as well. But uh, it's teaching you how to um, promote your blog or your articles or your books. And um, we have just got some amazing. Who's, who's leading that one? Is that you, or is that somebody else leading that one? Leading the seminars on that topic. Oh no no not me uh, I'm I just organized the seminars I didn't uh, I'm not going to be speaking Dan Pointer who's the guru of self publishing and promotion is going to be speaking uh, we've got a lady that's going to be talking uh, Ann Layton uh, she is going to be talking about uh, how to write a press release both for yourself and for you know professionally. And, uh, oh, it's just all kinds of things. We've got the uh, president of uh, the International Cat Association who's going to be talking about um, uh, what color is my cat. Because among different <laughs> associations, uh, the, the, colors, the color itself is the same, but the names are different. So, you know, hmm. by any other rose. We have uh, Jane Brunt, who's the uh, former president of the American Association of Feline Practitioners. She's going to be talking about how to interview a professional. So even if you don't write about cats, uh, she will tell you how, how best to interview somebody who's an upper-level pro- professional, an attorney or a doctor or a veterinarian or whatever. So, so this would be good for people who are cat crazy and also writers. And cat All crazy writers, writers, especially. Exactly, <laughs> and, and writers of any genre. Even you know, if you're into fiction, you're still going to learn an awful lot. Mm-hmm. So I really encourage people, and and we're going to have many different levels. So even if you are a you know a well published, well known author, you're still going to get something out of it because okay. you know. All right. Yeah. So now for the people listening who aren't that into cats, and maybe they're hoping to contact their favorite old horse, or wondering why their dog didn't come to them, or maybe they're thinking, you know, I might have seen something, heard something, smelt something once, but didn't know what it was. How are they going to know? What, what would you say to look out for if people are hoping to spot a dog ghost or a horse ghost or even a cat ghost? What should they be watchful for? Well, um, now people tell me that um, a lot of times they will 
catch a glimpse of something out of the corner of their eyes. Now, as, as people are both predators and prey in, in the wild, and uh, our eyes are most sensitive in the peripheral vision, and that's so that we can see predators coming at us when, you know, when we're out there. And uh, it's a protection, uh, it's a form of protection. But, so that's why when you look at something straight on, you don't see the ghost, but you can see it out of the corner of your eye. And uh, there's that. Uh, so we're, okay, so I see what you mean. If you're looking for a ghost, you're not going to see it. But if you kind of relax your eyes and be aware, if there's anything that flashes by or a quick shadow or something in the side of your eyes, is that right? Then, mm-hmm. then that could then sort of be more aware, try and focus on that without staring at it. Yeah, because the second, uh, people hard. tell me that the second they they look, it's gone. Well, that's because you're looking at it with the least sensitive part of your eyes. Mm. So uh, there's that, and then there's there's uh, the hearing. You know, you think you hear the, the dog's bark. It's your imagination, of course, so you, you just discount it. But it may not actually be your imagination. You might actually be hearing the, the dog or the cat. Uh, you know, the toenails, the the uh, jiggle of the... the uh, Are there good smells, or is it all litter box and poop? Are they good? No. <laughs> okay. No, no, there are... Well, as a matter of fact, I, I uh, just interviewed a lady who uh, whose dog passed away, and, and uh, she, uh, she and her husband could smell um, the old dog uh, passing gas. And <laughs> so <laughs> that so happens. Far, yeah, that's great. Yeah, okay, you know, my no, eight-year-old, my seven-and-a-half-year-old son, he'll think that's really funny, that the ghost isn't uh, there, but he'll smell but, its poop but, and its farts. He'll think that's hysterical. But I wouldn't. Okay. But, so. but, uh, yeah, but you, you can also smell. Uh, one gentleman told me that... Uh, he could see the imprint of the the cat laying on her spot on the bed, and then when he walked up to her, he could actually smell her fur. Oh, and I've heard that, that several times. That would be times. good memory. Dogs yeah, and cats would... smell differently, you know. Like I'm do. not sure people realize how different. When I smell a border collie, it almost smells like wool, a little bit. Same with a poodle. It's a little woolly, a little musky, a standard poodle. But when, mm-hmm. I, when I put my face in something like a Labrador, it's very musky. Or a Rottweiler, again, very musky. And any of these dogs, if it's an intact male, all the mm-hmm. smells are more intense. All the smells, behind the ears, behind the neck, everything. Their poop, their gas, their everything is more intense. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got your, your animals that are, are groomed regularly. So they may smell like their favorite shampoo or their favorite conditioner. So there, there are a lot of ways that you can smell. And, and really, uh, uh, the only sense that I have never heard was taste. And, you know, we don't normally taste our animals anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, you could experience it in any, in any way. And try taking a picture. If you start seeing things out of the corner of your eye or if you hear things, get your digital camera out and take a picture in that direction. You might see a little ball of white light. So tell me a horse ghost story, please. Oh, uh, my favorite one is um, a young lady had rescued this horse. Uh, he was scheduled to be sent off to the dog food factory, mm-hmm. and she saved him. He was not very healthy, so it took a lot of time and money to bring him up to a level of health, and she just loved him. He was a big Arabian, just gorgeous, and but unfortunately, he never really recovered from having been starved nearly to death. And 
she only was able to keep him like four or five years before he passed away from colic. And prior to him becoming ill, every Christmas she would put uh, a special harness on him and they would go ride up, up in the mountains. And he had this one harness that had the jingle bells on it. So, you know, you'd hear the stereotypical sound of the, the jingle bells. And, uh, yeah, ring, ring, ring with every step. It's lovely. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, of course, that was such an important part of her Christmas. And he had died, you know, a month before. So she was still in deep mourning and just in so much pain. And uh, she went to the barn and she was crying. And uh, his harness was sitting there on the, you know, hanging up as it was. Oh, you're making me choke up. Okay. Oh, I know. And I it's might bad. start. <laughs> it is sad. But so she was just feeling very sad. And then all of a sudden, this completely enclosed shed, the bells rang twice. Wow. And that was, that was it. It just, they, they just went tink, tink. And that was it. But wow. she knew that that was his way of, of, you know, saying, I'm okay. Yeah, I love you. Thank yeah, you, Doctor. I'm here. I'm here. Wow. Oh, okay. another time, the, the same woman was watching TV, and uh, there was something, it's been a while since I've read the story, or, or heard the story, but there was something associated with Blue, uh, his name or, or something associated with Blue, and uh, the TV kept uh, fading out, and the color blue kept coming up. And uh, she thought that was really pretty neat uh, because there was no reason. It had never happened before. It hadn't happened since. But on the day, the anniversary of his death, the, the TV screen just kept going, turning blue. Wow. Um, That's really yeah. strange. Okay, yep. give me a dog story. Give me a ghost dog story. Well, first I'm going to ask people because I'll ask them. I'll see if they can solve it before the end of the show. I'm going to ask them a couple of little, little tiny trivia questions. Try not to look it up. Try to think about it. Can the horned owl turn its head all the way around? Now, this is Halloween trivia because owls are part of Halloween. Can the horned owl turn its head all the way around? What do you think? Yes or no? And let's see. I'm going to do <laughs> one more. Do scorpions glow in the dark? That's a question. Maybe I'll do two more. Are tarantulas deadly? Okay, I did three. I better mark the ones I did. Think about those questions and we'll talk about it at the end of the show. Can an owl, a horned owl, turn its head all the way around? Yes or no? Are tarantulas deadly? Yes or no? And do scorpions glow in the dark? Don't leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Animal Party is brought to you by Pet Care Rx, America's most affordable pet pharmacy. Pet Care Rx offers the same meds as top vets, but with a savings up to 50%. And if you find a lower price on a certified EPA and FDA approved medication, Pet Care Rx will match that price. So go to PetCareRx.com. Use promo code ANIMAL10, A-N-I-M-A-L, the number 10, and receive $10 off orders of $50 or more. Nice costume, Bob. Really went all out. Well. Comical chicken, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's good. You too, Sherry. That's a real elaborate queen outfit you got there. Very detailed. Hey, guys. Holy crap, Carl. Impressive, right? 
It was actually easier than I thought. I simply just sharpened my hacksaw and then leveled my head against... Okay. There's an easier way to impress your friends this Halloween. Buycostumes.com. Should we call somebody? Go to buycostumes.com forward slash doggy, D-O-G-G-Y, and get 12% hacked off your entire order. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash party, P-A-R-T-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your paranormal pet's ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. PetLifeRadio.com You're you're, you're inside the VIP room With the hottest party in town Back to the party Let's go Alright, so we're back And I'm ready for a doggy ghost story Hopefully a happy one Okay, well uh, as a matter of fact uh, This is another one that I just learned well, there were two stories. One, it involved a dog. Uh, the people moved into a home. They uh, found out that they had ghost kitties, and the ghost kitties intimidated their dog. And he also had a ghost dog, because here he was a puppy, and they'd, go, they'd hear him banging around at night in, in the bathroom, because you know they didn't want him to wander around the house. Mm-hmm. And he would, uh, they'd go in, and, and you could see him in the front down poised play, play position. position. Like yeah, play so. yes. And, uh, but he'd be poised to play, uh, obviously, with another dog, but there was nobody in there. And so uh, there was that ghost dog, and they caught him doing this many times. I mean, it wasn't just once. And uh, then there were some ghost cats that would come in and intimidate him. And you could see him with the, the scared puppy look. You know, What kind of dog get- was this? Uh, he was a, a a pit bull, as a matter of fact. Oh my gosh! Oh no! And, and oh, so like you've got the, the pit bull like, intimidated. You gotta believe me, people. It reminds me of that cartoon where Sylvester's trying to prove to his son that he can hunt, and he goes after a kangaroo, and he keeps saying to him, "But it's not a normal mouse," you know. He's like, "Hey, that ain't no normal cat. That's a ghost." <laughs> <laughs> so I bite it, and it disappears. This is not working for me. Oh, poor little pit bull. 
So what happened? Yeah, well, he's doing better. He's finally figured out he's not a puppy anymore, and and uh, uh, the the kitties don't bother him as much. But they would take him outside and let him run around the yard, and you would know when the ghost cats were there because all of a sudden he'd get that scared puppy look, even though he was ninety pounds. But he uh, again, there were also times when he'd be playing with the ghost dog, and you'd see him run back and forth and and do the play. Things. Well, like you were saying before, though, there are nice ghosts and there are not nice ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder what those cats were doing to that puppy for entertainment. Good God, seeking well, revenge there, for all the dogs who'd ever chased them in their life. You know, poor little puppy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> there was another story in the in the book that was very funny. Uh, they had uh, a couple of uh, golden retrievers, and these were not the smartest bulbs in the packet. And the Aww. ghost cat would run into the walls, and oh, the no. woman said it took years before the dogs figured out, oh, maybe I shouldn't, <laughs> maybe chase I shouldn't it, chase them into the wall. Into the wall. <laughs> oh, good grief! Yeah, well, golden retrievers can be very bright, and some not so bright. It's, uh, it's real <laughs> because some have been bred for hunting and some have not. And the ones bred for hunting are really alert and reactive and intense and bright. And they end up, if they're in the wrong homes, causing a lot of problems because they're very, very intense dogs, like Labrador retrievers can be. And the same is true for both breeds when you're bred to be couch potatoes. They can be really, really not so smart <laughs> and really easygoing because <laughs> that's what works in a, you know, an active home most of the time. No. Mm-hmm. And the, even the dumbest golden or, or lab, or dumbest beagle or pug, if you will, or dumbest afghan, if you will. I mean, there's competition going on between the dog breeds about who's the dumbest, and nobody wants to be dumbest. But it's, you know, bottom 10. In any way you shake it, there's certain, certain dogs who show up with poor memory or uh, poor whatever it is. There's certain types of intelligence, like how to get out of jams, how to adapt, you know, memory is one. Certain categories, well, some dogs, breeds, flunk all of them over and over and over again. They're in the bottom. Even the dumbest of those, even the dumbest of the dumbest of those can still learn, come sit, stay, heal, and manners in the house. What we need to teach them is really, really simple. So your dog doesn't have to be brilliant to be a really, really good dog. Really good, you know. In fact, the genius dogs can be more difficult, a lot more difficult for most people. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think? Can a horned owl turn its head all the way around? You're asking me? Uh, yeah. You don't. No, you're right. You can't. It just seems that way to us. Okay. Oh. Tarantulas are not deadly, so you don't have to worry about that. And do scorpions glow in the dark? That's kind of a weird one. Well, they do. They glow in the dark, which would be handy. Although I'm not sure they all glow in the dark because there's yellow and there's black. And I know that in parts of the world where I've been, I used to work at a safari park and um, like a nature reserve that was designed to put animals back into the habitat and we'd take injured and, you know, rehabilitate them and rescue them and reintegrate them. And we always had to, every morning you had to shake your boots because you could have a scorpion in your boot in the morning. But those were black scorpions and if they bit you, it was said you'd only have to go to the hospital and be sick for a couple of days. So it was said. Nobody I knew ever got bit because we all shook our boots, but they did. I never found any in my boots, but some people did. So yeah, it would be nice to know they glowed in the dark. That would make things easier at night. But um, okay, so 
I think we're running out of time, but I want to leave them with a little more ghostly, ghostly material for Halloween. So be <laughs> careful with your black cats, everybody. Keep them indoors. You should probably keep all your cats indoors, even if you're a committed outdoor person. Right now is not the time for outdoor cats. Bad things happen to outdoor cats, so keep them all inside. Set up a really nice space. And Dusty, can you give them some advice on that, on what to do with cats around Halloween time? Because I don't want them chasing after visiting costumes and ending up loose on the road with firecrackers going off and no tags and you know what should people do absolutely they need to bring them in and uh, even if you have indoor cats bring them in and confine them because you don't want the cat accidentally getting out while you're passing out candy you know keep them in a quiet room because there's going to be a lot of activity and you are absolutely right it's a, a bad time for cats there are a lot of uh, mischievous kids and it gets far beyond mischievous, uh, malevolent children that, that uh, do things to uh, cats and dogs, too. So keep your pets in. Keep them quiet. If they're uh, in the Vancouver area and they have any leads at all for the police on the guy that's been mutilating cats in the night all through the suburbs of Surrey and Delta and Aldergrove, and he was in the Okanagan before near Kelowna. If anybody has any leads, call the police in your area because they're looking for this guy and they think they know who it is and he's been killing a lot of cats. So keep your cats in. This is real. Keep your cats in. Okay, so what else were you going to say about Halloween? And Regardless of our cat, do not give them candy, especially chocolate. Chocolate is toxic to dogs. Be careful because they can also suffer blockages from the candy wrappers. So if you want to give your dog or cat a treat, give them something that you can buy at the store that's uh, intended for them. And uh, have a good time. A lot of people are into costuming their pets. And if you want to do that, I don't mind if you put your cat in a costume and take a picture. But then get the cat out of the costume. Put the picture up at Halloween. Your cat should not be greeting at the door. Even a friendly cat can easily get spooked by all these flashing things on costumes and people acting strange and firecrackers. And It's just not the time for them. If your dog likes all the ruckus and loves kids and loves absolutely everybody he's ever met, all dogs, all cats, all people, and is totally trained to walk on leash, that's a big if. If all that's true of your dog and he's not afraid of thunderstorms, again, big if, this is a few and far between dogs, then it's okay to take him to trick-or-treating, but he should have an assigned grown-up that has nothing else to worry about except the dog. If all of a sudden you're out trick-or-treating with a bunch of kids and there's kids breaking bottles, which could mean broken glass for your dog's feet, you can just, the person with the dog just takes the dog home and there's no problem. The people with the kids stay with the kids. So don't, don't put your dog in any jeopardy and you don't want to traumatize them. This is not check the collar, check the leash, and I'd prefer if you just leave him at home. If you're going to dress up a dog, make sure nothing's trailing in his face or his feet, nothing that he can get tangled or choke on, no bits that come off. And the same for cats. You've got to really watch your costumes with cats. They're going to go for the, the little pirate girl or the witch who comes running through the room with little bits trailing behind her. If the cat takes a swipe and you don't notice, that could be in the cat's stomach tomorrow. So be really careful. Anything else, Dusty? Well, uh, uh, getting back to the dogs, I'm not crazy about people taking dogs trick-or-treating because even the best-behaved dog can be uh, terrified by the bizarre costumes that kids wear. And, uh, I agree. You know, you don't want you want to protect your dog from all the stuff out there, but you also want to protect children. You don't want a, a lawsuit because your dog freaked out and bit a kid. So keep the animals locked up and safe, and, and they'll probably all be a lot happier. 
Yeah, the dogs too. The dogs would don't really need this. They'd really, really, really not need this. And the next day, be careful where you walk your dogs because there's going to be all kinds of stuff left over that's nasty, like chocolate and wrappers and you know maybe firecracker explosive waste and all kinds of stuff they're going to want that they can't have. I'm also thinking about ID and tags. I think it's not the time of year to slip on that. You want everybody tagged and ID'd so if they do get out, you can get them back again. And microchipped. Yeah, you, yeah, You absolutely. need to make sure they're microchipped in case they lose their collars. Pumpkins and flames. Watch out for that. We're going to talk about this more toward Christmas, but people do leave lit candles in the pumpkins. And a cat sometimes will underestimate distance and get singed by candles or knock them over and cause a fire. So dogs, too, if they jump up to get the chocolate that's on the mantle and they knock the candle over, are you going to have a house fire as your Halloween party? So be really, really careful with the flames and and, uh, use lights instead wherever you can. Okay, Dusty. You think we've covered it? You think we've given them what they need to know to know if they should be picking up ghost cats and how to find the ghosts in their own life and maybe how to greet them? In my case, when I've seen ghosts, it wasn't scary. One case, the dog appeared to me in the middle of the night to warn me about a bridge, which was really strange. And I called him the next day, and it turned out he died a couple days earlier. And the other time, and the bridge he was warning about was our bridge over the river where we used to walk them all the time. And it had gone out. The river had gotten so swollen it had overcome the bridge and soaked it and the bridge had rotted. And we heard a loud bang in the night. And I woke up with this dream in my mind, I thought, of this dog. And I thought, oh, that's weird. I'll call their parents tomorrow and I'll check the bridge out tomorrow. And sure enough, the next day I walked out to the bridge and I'm like, oh, my God. And that's when I remembered the dream, which turns out might not have been a dream, called the people. And they said, yeah, I'm sorry, we were going to call you. He just passed a couple days ago. What? Mm. So that was one of my situations. And I had another one, too, which I think I told you about on the last show. So if people want to hear about Muriel, the dog, coming to say goodbye, coyote dog that I trained, they can look it up on the last show I did with Dusty Rainwald when we were talking about ghost pets. So be open to it, and you may experience something that really reminds you of your pet and makes you feel good because it seems like most of the people in the book are glad they had the experience. Is that true? They were. They were very glad. It was. I always compare it to uh, parents of adult kids. You know, they're going off to college or they're visiting with their own children and then going back, you know, 300 miles back to their own homes. And, uh, you know, I've been an adult for a long time, but when I leave my mom's house, she always says, Call me when you get home. Okay, so <laughs> I, I compare it. I compare it to the adult child calling to say, "Hi, mom. I'm home. We're fine. Everything's good. I'm happy." And that's what I think those little visits are. So I think I think they are very comforting. And uh, I look forward to getting another one. Not that I want to rush anybody, <laughs> but as uh, we have to say goodbye, I would love to to uh, receive one of those little calls from home. Mm. Yeah, uh, I wish Squeak would come talk to me next time. But maybe she has, and I'm just not. I'm so busy, and I'm so focused, and I probably walk right by her little fleeting shadow or her ringing collar or whatever it is she's doing to try and get my attention. So I'll work on that, and hopefully people will come up with some ghost stories for you. Where should they send their ghost stories? If they encounter a dog or a cat or a horse or a rat or any kind of ghost... <laughs> animal. Where should they be they, sending up Dusty? They can go to my website DustyRainbolt.com and that's rainbow, like a rainbow and a lightning bolt. And uh, DustyRainbolt.com and uh, there's a place where you can email me. Alright. Thank you very much. Another great show and I hope you have a safe and happy Halloween. 
You too, and safe and happy Halloween to all of your listeners. Oh, thank you. And all your cats. Chow meow, Dusty. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.